Hi, and welcome to the Fire Up at 55 Plus podcast, a show about how to put yourself first in your second act of life. I'm certified life and weight loss coach Lori Adams, here to empower you to let go of guilt, take charge of your health, then find and fulfill your dreams. It's never too late, so let's get started. Somehow, summer memories are the easiest to conjure up from our overloaded brains. You're learning here that life coaching for transformation is so dependent upon our thoughts, overcoming the difficult, self-critical ones, and then shifting, pivoting, and creating self-loving thoughts that support a solid, positive identity for a happier life. That said, we are the sum of our parts, and today I invite you to sit back and recall with me the summer memories that make you smile, that help you recall the times you did love and the feelings that came along with them. This is a real departure from the usual podcast. It's just a simple list of one short memory of mine after the other, set to a summer soundtrack of simpler times, a bit of nostalgia from growing up in the barefoot days around the 1960s or so. Listen and relax into your own fine summer childhood recollections. Many of my best childhood memories start with running, running, running. First, with the outburst of freedom on the last day of school, say from third grade, squeezing out of my sneakers into the long field grass, then around the pond. This was the shortcut from Prospect School that Mom did not want us to take. The proper walk home was on the sidewalk. So this little rebellion at the beginning of summer felt extra fun. Running, running again. Many times with the deliberate slap, slap of barefoot on concrete sidewalks. I can feel it now. Swerving around a well-made hopscotch or the cracks that would break mother's back. Woo, sometimes really hot concrete or blacktop. Hot enough so that little brother and troublemaker cousin would take their plastic army men out to the curb with a magnifying glass to laser the sunshine until those soldiers melted underneath. When it just got too hot, we would run from one lawn to another through sprinklers on throughout the neighborhood, or don our wet, wet flip-flops that made for pleasant, cooling squishiness. Then, running outside in twilight, escaping the summer-confining kitchen after gulping down a supper of who remembers what, but with cold milk, so we could get to nighttime neighborhood games of Simon Says, Kick the Can, Hide and Seek, and then when it got so dark we couldn't do anything else, catching fireflies. We needed one more thing to keep us outside as long as we could get our parents to go along. And finally, walking inside for a bath. (laughs) Not running for that, but at least enough of what Mom called a sponge bath to get the blackened bottoms of our feet decent enough for under the sheets. Sometimes, my brother, little sister, and I woke up outside, though rarely making it through the whole night, in our unique backyard tent. Our innovative, creative schoolteacher mom often constructed this triangle-shaped campsite. She would use two blankets and clothespins on the backyard clothesline Then she would anchor the bottom with bricks we had found in the backyard and around the neighborhood. Then she'd pull out the softest, oldest quilt and made the floor of our tent. That tent 
was so often home to hiding out, sharing secrets, reading our latest library book, and the occasional attempt to sleep outside all night. That clothesline was hung from the huge oak tree in our bumpy grassed backyard. Its sturdiest branch inspired my jack-of-all-trades grandpa on one of his visits from Iowa to shame my father, not a jack-of-all-trades in terms of being a handyman, into helping him make, actually make, an amazing swing from wood and the thickest ropes I had ever seen. My dad had not thought of a swing, which was probably good because the only time he tried to fix things, he would grab nails and a hammer when he should have used screws or almost anything else. But that's a story for another day. All I knew was that in a matter of few hours, we had a tree swing, the likes of which I had never seen, taking me really high, especially when I pumped. I loved that swing. And then the swing, it was such a great place for me to hang out, was my tool to get what I wanted from the next-door neighbors. I would put on a very forlorn face because the next-door neighbors would be using their above-ground pool. It was rectangular, not round like the ones you see today. I loved to swim, still do. And if I sat on the swing with a frown, dragging my feet in the little round circle of dirt underneath, every now and then the neighbors would take pity on me invite us over to take a dip. I do remember that although they did not have inner tube toys, because they didn't have kids, they did have some kind of chair or something. I think it was the kind that you would drink a martini in when you were in the pool <laughs> that we could float about. It was fun. But most often, our pool days happened about a mile away or so at the Lions Club Community Pool, where we trudged as Mom pulled the red wagon with little sister to swimming lessons. It was a long way. <laughs> we were loudly called in and names checked off by the somewhat scary school teacher who managed the pool during his summers. But even more scary, still thrilling, was the cold water, no heated swimming pool in those days. And lesson one, group one, was to learn the dead man's float. Really, that's what they called it. Then we progressed, sort of, to group two back float, and then finally on our way to the Australian crawl better known as freestyle. Little sister still feels like she got away with something by advancing to group three without really mastering that back float. But good thing she did, as she is the one of us who later on excelled at swim team and to this day does her laps in master classes at a North Shore suburb. I, on the other hand, loved, yes, loved synchronized swimming. I know it can be sort of a joke today, but life-saving classes in the pool and that water ballet were everything to me. For life-saving, I had to somehow rescue our giant teenage instructor using water wings I made out of a pair of my blue jeans. Lots of chlorinated water went down my throat is what I remember most. But learning the back dolphin and other tricks of water ballet was the best, especially since I am not a fast swimmer but can hold my breath underwater for two lengths. Well, I could. But swimming, like running barefoot, is exciting and calming at the same time. There's a rhythm to it 
I first felt as a kid in sweet summer, and can feel it now when I think about it. I said, sweet summer. Sweets were a big part of our summer childhood that meant penny candy at the deli down the street, right in our residential neighborhood. It meant cherry Cokes at the drugstore fountain counter. Mom liked chocolate Cokes and root beer floats. Dad, something called Green River. It mostly meant fruit in season, strawberries that had even a little bit of tang in addition to sweetness, blueberry pie, and best of all, watermelon. That was an outdoor dessert. Remember the black seeds? We'd have a spitting contest and tell the wide-eyed little kids that if they swallowed a seed, they would grow a melon in their stomach. Cookouts, church picnics, and always Kool-Aid, the kind we had to mix with sugar, the kind that was watered down and called bug juice at summer day camp and Campfire Girls overnight camp. Mom took our 1950s-style stainless steel pitcher and drew the Kool-Aid mascot smiley face on it with magic marker. Do they make magic marker anymore? We loved the addictive smell. Sharpies now, I guess. Also, Mom's famous lemonade, homemade with lemon bits and a big enough batch that she used a ladle to feed the crowd of kids and their parents. We could have a Kool-Aid stand in front of our house for two cents a glass, but never for the precious lemonade. Dad ran the Weber Kettle Grill, round-bellied and black, never seen on a street before. He and we were very proud. Plus, he grilled a mean burger. With American cheese, of course, Dad loved the technology of processed food. Like that of space food sticks. You know, the astronauts ate that. Along with the worst technology of the era, like foggers that spewed insecticide all over the backyard before a party. It's a wonder we made it. Party games outside were treasure hunts, hula hoop contests, and any game you could think up to use a blindfold. In our party dresses, but still barefoot. So much fun. And of course, on the 4th of July, fireworks. My best memory of fireworks is when we were all drive out in our Red Valiant station wagon (laughs) to my cousin's house in a new subdivision called Beautiful Butterfield. We would climb up on the roof, honest to God, all of us, and we would sit up there barefoot watching the beautiful fireworks from all around. It was just great. We never thought we would fall or anything. Roller skating, scavenger, treasure, and snipe hunts, of which we were highly suspicious. Lawn darts, really, what were we thinking? Wooden skateboards with metal roller wheels, speeding downhill on the rich neighbor's smooth sidewalk they had to put in themselves after waiting forever without hope for the town to pave their cracked concrete on the hill where their house sat, just speeding down that hill on those tricky skateboards. They were the most fun neighbors, and we eagerly partook of their store-bought Oreos, brand-name Dixie Cups, sometimes with Coca-Cola, and the only air conditioning on the block. And, of course, the beloved small-town library. It was first housed in a former house as they raised funds over the years to try and build the building, which they did, and I remember marching in some fundraising parade in shift dresses that were matching 
my mother had made for my sister and I with Wizard of Oz fabric. That was our contribution. And it was so fun. At the library, Nancy drew books, one after another. All the Oz books, many more than just the wizard one. Charlotte's Web, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Pippi Longstocking, Encyclopedia Brown, and all the Beverly Cleary books, cherishing them and so happy just to have our own individual library cards. We walked there, just as we did everywhere. Our summer world was the realm three blocks to the east of our street and four blocks west. As long as we stayed in those boundaries, our folks were happy. We ran all over together and were usually welcomed for lunch at any neighbor's house we were playing at during midday. Funny, walking or running was how we got from place to place. At that time, bicycles were for riding bikes, not to transport us. To play with by going on riding bikes through the smooth, black-topped driveways and around circles with our friends. It wasn't our transportation. Our bare feet were. But the very best, and I still light up when I think about it, was an annual visit to Kittyland in Melrose Park. Child-sized rides, cotton candy, the magnificent carousel that we knew as the merry-go-round, the Little Dipper roller coaster and the tilt-a-whirl, plus just the jittery anticipation of waiting, 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 and watching out the window for Dad to drive up after a shortened work day to take us there. For that, we put on shoes willingly. What are your summer stories? And how do memories of the most fun parts make you feel now? Hey, thanks for listening. To contact me directly, please reach out via email to hello at laurieadamscoaching.com. And I invite you to take a look at my flaming hot webpage, fireup at 55plus.com. That's fireup, the word at 55plus.com. And until next week, make the most of your sizzling second act. <laughs>